the year of expectation and hope. The year of expectation and hope. 2022. 2022. The year of expectation. The year of expectation. The year of having the hope. The year of having the hope. Of the promises. Of the promises. Of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. Active in my life. The promise, the promise of his prosperity, of his, prosperity his, power, his power, and his presence. And his presence. 2022, 2022 is, my year. is my year. Amen. You may be seated Amen. in the presence of a holy God. Amen. We thank the Lord for the service thus far. We thank the Lord for you. Amen. Glory to God that have made it out. And we thank God for those that are on the way. And we thank God for those that wanted to come but just couldn't make it. Amen. We thank God for all of God's children. Amen. 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 This morning we come before you. And as you know, this is the fourth Sunday in September. The fourth Sunday in September. And as you know, on tomorrow... I think it's yes. Tomorrow, which is September the 25th, 2022. Um, oh, wait a minute. That's today. No, that's today. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Lord. All right. Well, Rosh Hashanah begins September 25th, 2022, Sunday at sundown. And I want to say good morning to all of the covenant partners here at KSL Ministries. And I want to say good morning to all of the SoundCloud listeners. And we hope that you will join in with us as we get ready to go into the word of the Lord this morning. And as we prepare also to enter into this new beginning. For the Jewish people, this afternoon at sundown, it begins a whole new year. A whole new year. And for us as Christians, it's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. And so we want to cross over. We want to step into it with all the knowledge that God has to give us. And then after um, Monday, then you go into a 10-day period of atonement, which is Yom Kippur, October 5th, 2022. Amen. 10 days of repenting and seeking the Lord which we know as Christians, we repent all year long. But there's something about this that we as Christians need to understand. A lot of times when you deal in the Old Testament and you're able, you know, to allow the Holy Spirit to take you back and forth from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from the New Testament to the Old Testament, a lot of times people have a problem with that because the first thing naysayers will say is, well, we're not in the Old Testament. But the Old Testament is very vital to us. It is very vital to us. We need both the Old Testament and the New. We need both. We need the Old Testament and the New Testament. So we don't want you to, don't, don't let anybody uh, speak to you in, in disregard to, well, you know, you, you shouldn't be studying the Old Testament. You shouldn't even be reading the Old Testament. You ought to get with the new. Uh, come on up to the new. No. You're going to keep, you need to keep both of them. Amen. All right, 
Now, if you're going to label, your, if you, if that's if you're keeping a journal, and if we're going to label SoundCloud this morning, we're going to be talking about how the Old Testament and the New Testament speak of Jesus Christ. And believe me, you're going to need both of them. Amen? Amen. All right, so we're just going to share something with you. The Old Testament consists of 39 different books. All right? Originally written in the Hebrew and Aramaic. All right, and can be divided into four categories, and that includes the Torah, because the Torah is the first five books of Moses. Amen. That's in the Bible. All right. So, okay. So you've got the Torah, you've got historical books, you've got the prophetic writings, you've got the poetic or wisdom literature, and all get this. All 39 books speak of Jesus Christ. Amen. So how in the world are you going to take the Old Testament and, and tear it out and get rid of it? When, when, when all of it is speaking about Jesus Christ, including the Torah. Including the Torah, amen? amen. And let me just show you this in the Word. Go to John chapter 1 because we have scripture. John chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. And I just want you to see this. Go to John chapter 1, verse 45. And this is exactly what it says. It says, Philip findeth Nathaniel and said unto him, we have found him. Wait a minute. Now listen at this. We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did right. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So basically what, what Philip was saying to the other um, disciples was, according to what we have read and studied, Say, so if you study, you're going to know Jesus. And when I say that, I'm, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you're going to know the character of Jesus Christ. You're going to know the order of Jesus Christ. You, you, even Jesus carried himself in an orderly manner. 
Somebody said we need both the Old and the New Testament. Say if we study both of them, we will be able to identify what is God and what is not God. So he told him, he said, we done found him. And the way we found him is of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did right. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So the Old Testament is to be observed by all Christians. Because every book in the Old Testament is a foreshadowing and a foretaste of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a foreshadowing. You get a foretaste. Mm. So let no one judge you in your knowledge. Don't let anybody judge you in your knowledge through study of the Old Testament books. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Because, you know, you got some people today, they just, I believe they've torn the Old Testament out of their Bible. And anybody who brings it up, they, they quick to tell you that's outdated. That's no longer, we don't do that anymore. Well, guess what? God does. I would hate to see you walking around with half a Bible. I would hate for you to go buy a nice Bible and then tear the Old Testament out of it. And all you got is the New Testament that you're looking at. No, I'm going to tell you something. You do understand Jesus is God. Amen. I'm going to show you something. The God of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New Testament. What happened was God came in a body and cloaked his glory. He cloaked his, I would say, his, that, that just all-powerful awesomeness and brought it into a place where we could commune with him. So basically, you got to understand, God of the Old Testament is God, Jesus Christ, in the New Testament. So if you tear out the Old Testament, guess what? You just took half of God out of your life. You just took half of God out of your reading, out of your understanding. And really, when you get a glimpse of the God of the Old Testament, then you understand it was his will, his desire to allow what happened to him during his day on the earth. He had to allow it. He's God. You, what am I saying? He allowed them to reject him, talk about him, beat him, hello, put that cross on him, and he did it for us. That's not the, that, but God of the Old Testament, all he had to do was do one blow. And it, it would have been all. So we know he humbled himself and took on the sins of mankind. Basically, he took on our sins, the world's sins, and died on the cross for them. Amen. So he allowed himself to be put in that position, to carry griefs and sorrows. To be wounded for our transgression. Come on now. So when I read the Old Testament, what I'm really seeing is, God. Amen. Now it's the same God that's in the New Testament, but I understand what he did. He put that body on, but he's still God. Amen. See, and I'm understanding now why so many ministries and churches are losing respect 
for the God because they've torn out the Old Testament. We don't need that anymore. Yeah, we do. Because I'm telling you, the same God of the New Testament, Jesus Christ, is the same God of the Old Testament that parted the Red Sea. That was in the burning bush. That caused Miriam to get leprosy because she disrespected Moses them. (laughs) It's the same, somebody say the same God. And, that, and the Holy Spirit that you receive, that's God. That's God. He's an all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere, self-existent God. That's who he is in our lives. That's, oh my goodness, that's who he is in our lives. Colossians chapter 2, Amen. verse 16. He says, let no man therefore judge you. Listen at this. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day. Can I say something? Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, with all the feasts in it, those are holy days. And as Christians, we should be observing them. Amen? He says, or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So, so basically the Old Testament shadowed everything Jesus came in the New Testament and did, but yet it was in the Old Testament. Amen? So the reality of which were shadows has come. The Old Testament had the shadows of which the New Testament has given us the reality. So Jesus Christ is the embodiment of the Old Testament writings. Go to Colossians chapter 2. I'm telling you, you need that Old Testament. And you're getting it in here. If we would learn to respect it and accept it, you're getting it in here, amen? Because God is sending it in here. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. Here it is in the scripture. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So that means if, if, it's, if the fullness dwells in, in Jesus, look what it says. Look what it says. We just said it, but here it is in the scripture. He says the fullness of the Godhead. You do know what the Godhead is. God the Father. I'm going to say it again. God the Father. We just said it, but there it is in the scripture. If you, if you doubted it, there it is. He says in Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, Lord, that being the case, I am living with an all-powerful, almighty God living on the inside of me. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ now, it has to be that you come through the blood. We're going to have to, you know, that's what's wrong now. A lot of people have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if they have, they don't have the knowledge to step out on what it's all about in faith and receive the kingdom blessings. There are kingdom blessings that come. You say, well, what are the kingdom blessings? 
prosperity, health and wholeness, safety, deliverance, preservation, kingdom blessings that come with you serving the Godhead. Oh, we call it the kingdom. But now I want you to see something else. This is so important. I want you to see this. Notice what it says. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. I want you to see this. It says, for in Jesus Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness, watch this, of the Godhead bodily. Is that in your Bible? Amen. Is that in your Bible? Say, so what are you talking about? What do you mean? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All right. Yeah, I think you kind of, yeah, all right. What it's saying is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit has a body. It has, he has a body now, but it's still who? God. You go back and read some of the things that God did in the Old Testament. But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, you can't walk out on it until you start believing it. And you can't start believing it until you start accepting it. And you can't start accepting it until you start reading it. Oh, I don't want to hear. Why she got to start with the Old Testament? Because God is giving you a good, thorough portion of his word. God is not divided. God is not chopped up. God is God. And what he did back then, we sing about it. What he did back then, he's well capable of doing it now. And that's why you can stand and command the atmosphere. That's how come you can know the thoughts of people when God allows you to, when, it's, when there's a need, when there's a real need. And that's why you can be in business meetings and never be on the board. The Bible says that the prophet Elijah was telling the king what was going on in his very court. He would give strategies in his meetings, and then Elijah would go back and tell the people that they were going to try to ambush what was going to happen, and they were ready for it. And they began to say, the king began to say, wait a minute, we got a traitor amongst us. And then somebody wised up and said, no, there are no traitors amongst us. It is the God of Israel that's giving out the secrets to the prophet Elijah. God will give you secrets. And, I, and nobody really wants to, you know, but I'm just going to go and share this. The morning that Brother Miguel got up here on that Sunday, that Saturday night when I went to bed, well, actually, it was Friday. I had a dream Friday night. And I dreamed about their daughter, Abigail. And so in the dream, Abigail just cut kept coming before me. She just kept coming before me. She just kept, and I said, okay. I said, well, I need, you know, and, 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 and here was the real deal. She kept coming before me, but she kept ending up up there. And so I said, well, okay, God, you want them to go ahead on and get started and teach Abigail how to pray, teach her how to pray. But once I came to the service on Sunday and saw her dad, because anytime you dream about a child, sometimes it's the bloodline. It's not necessarily that child, it is the bloodline. So when I saw her dad up there and he began to get free in the Holy Ghost, I was like, oh my Lord, that's what you was trying to tell me. Yeah. 
at you, Lord. So, so God will speak to us. He will tell us things. But, but see, the thing about it is we have to be a people that know the Old Testament, study the Old Testament, know the New Testament, study the New Testament, spend some time with God with whatever you're going about doing. Amen. It's going to be necessary. You're going to need it. Believe me, you're going to need him to part some seas in your life. Yes. Believe me, you're going to need him to show you how to bring Goliath down. Believe me, you're going to have to raise some Lazarus in your life. Amen. Believe me, there are some wars that you're going to need God to fight. There are some things you just have to step back and say, hey, Lord, it's in your hand. It's too big for me. Amen. But faith only come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So your faith can't get that big until you get over in that Old Testament and that New Testament. Because you're going, it's going, you know, I haven't said much about this, but you know, they're saying that, um, well, some say we're in the recession now. And then some are saying that by the middle of next year, it's really going to hit hard. But I'm here to tell you, okay, uh, I know what God said as well. Amen. I know what the Lord said as well. Because at first God showed me a, a plush green field. That thing was beautiful. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, that's next year. But then I saw this darkness coming in. And the Lord said, that's next year as well. He says, but that's the enemy. Because the enemy doesn't like it because the body of Christ is progressing. Amen. They are progressing. Amen. So he's going to create disturbances in the world to get our eyes off of the word of God. But you can't do it. You can't do it. You got to stick to the word. You got to stick to the word. I don't care if you hold it to the last little limb. I don't care if you hold it to the last little plow. Hold to the word. Stand on the word. Stand on the word and believe God. And watch this. Not just so you can barely make it through, so he can bring you through. You're not living just to barely make it through. That's not our God. Look at how he shielded the children of Israel in Egypt. Look how he shielded them. All those plagues that came against Egypt and their gods. But the Israelites were shielded. Even down to when those people were dying, God told them what? He gave them a remedy. He said, put the blood on the dough. Can I say something? God will give you remedies that will shield you and help you. And yes, even that money that seems to be so small, if you would listen to the Lord, sometimes when I'm doing the books, it's really not enough. And I'll sit there and pray through. And after a while, God will say, you forgot that. And, you, and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even see that. I'm telling you, your eyes don't see everything. You need to ask the Lord as that man who couldn't see what Elijah said, what he said, there'd be more with us than it be with them. And he prayed. He said, open his eyes, Lord. Open his eyes so he can see. Sometimes you got to ask God to open your eyes so you can see what's hidden and make everything all right. Amen. Somebody said, God got some hidden stuff. God got some hidden stuff. Well. We lay in a foundation. We lay in a foundation. 
For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I just told you, the same God of the Old Testament is the same God, Jesus Christ, in the New Testament in that body. Don't let the body fool you. Don't let because he hung on the cross and allowed them to spit upon him and beat him uh, 39 stripes and talk about him. Don't let that fool you. He did it for us. Don't let it fool you. Listen at this. So the Godhead continues to dwell in bodily form. Watch this. I like this. Giving, giving complete expression of the divine nature. Oh, my God. Now, 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 so that body that Jesus Christ was in and is in, it gives full, somebody say full, full. Expression, expression to the divine nature. Can I say something? That same presence dwells in you, and it wants to give a complete expression of the divine nature. Somebody say, let it. Let it. Somebody say, let it. let it. But see, you got to have your faith built up. You can't walk on air. Amen. You can't walk on air. Amen. You can't walk on air. Faith coming by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. The church ought to be, you, we, we, nobody has to beg you to come to church, shouldn't have to beg you to come to church. Amen. You ought to understand by now, we're going to have to be Bible students. Amen. Nobody should have to beg us to come to church. Nobody should have to beg us to bring our iPad and our phone with the Bible on it or bring our Bibles into the house of the Lord. Nobody should have to beg us to study the word at home, pick a time, pick a time to get in the word of God, to go back over the scriptures, pick a time, pick a time to listen to SoundCloud. Nobody ought to have to beg us to do that. We ought to understand now it is the word that supplies the power. It's the word that supplies the faith. I need the word. Amen. It's serious to me. What about you? It ought to be serious to the body of Christ. Amen. So Jesus Christ gives um, expression. Uh-oh. He gives expression to the entirety of the Old Testament and New Testament. What does that mean? He brings it alive. It's not just pages on a book. Go to Leviticus 23. Let me show you what I'm talking about. He brings it alive. It's not dead. He adds life to it. When I, when I first got saved and started reading the word of God, it was so, so hard to get into it, okay, because I wasn't used to it. And so I had to start praying, Lord, give me a love for your word. Lord, give me a love for your word. Lord, give me understanding of your word. Lord, take me through your word. Amen. And he began to do that. Lord, make your word alive to me. Make it alive to me. But, of course, we have a lot of people do not read their Bibles. They don't read their Bibles. So they don't know what belongs to them. Okay? I, I don't know how many countless times people call me and they say, uh, as if, watch this, 
as if God did it. Oh, my so-and-so died. Oh, this one, oh, they're sick unto the, and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. They don't know what belongs to them. And, they, and, and, and sometimes people are not willing to go the extra mile to know what belongs to them. I'm serious. You would be amazed at the people I talk to, and all they want you to do is be the prophet. And I'm holding the phone like, are you crazy? You're not going to work me to life. Thank you. Thank you. You have to get this. You got to get in that place where you can go to God, where you can start commanding the atmosphere, where you can start calling money, where you can start speaking the word. The Bible says there's a place in the Bible that says Jesus healed them with his words. in there. There's another scripture where it says there were doctors and lawyers and teachers that had come on a day to hear Jesus minister and the power of God was there to heal them. So that let me know their education couldn't heal them. Uh oh. They were doctors and lawyers and teachers. Come on now. But their, their, their knowledge couldn't heal them. The Bible says and the power of God was there too. Heal them. So that means it, I don't care how smart we are. I don't care what your degrees say. You're going to need the power of God. Amen. I don't care how many DDDs you got behind your name, in front of your name. I don't know. You know, however it go. You're going to need the power of God. All of us, we're going to need the power of God, and it works. Amen. I don't know about you, but I made it in my mind a long time ago. I am tired of the world laughing at the church. Where is your God? Where is your God? Where's the power? Well, baby, guess what? I'm going to live it, and I'm going to let you see the power. Ha-shaka-na-na-na-ha. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to live so the power of God can flow through my life and you can see the power. So guess what? Don't count me out when I'm going through. Don't count me out when I get sick. Don't count me out when the money get low. Don't count me out when devastating things happen in my life. Don't count me out. Shine for me, shine for me. So in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, God gave them feast. Amen? Amen. Now, as long as these feasts were on the paper, they were a foreshadow and a foretaste of what was to come. Through Jesus Christ. Because let's go on and get real. The first four feasts that are in the spring of the year, Jesus has fulfilled them. I need you to hear some church. The, the Sabbath. Well, you know, the Sabbath was changed. In the Old Testament, the Sabbath was every seventh day. But when Jesus arose from the grave, he changed the seventh day to an eight day. Eight is the number of new beginnings. So the Christian the Christian Sabbath 
This is the day that came by the shed blood of Jesus. Christ has given us a spiritual Christian Sabbath that began on a new day called the eighth day. Amen? Jewish people rest from their physical work, had a day to worship the Lord, but Christians rest from physical work and from work of redemption from sin. Do you understand how complete the blood of Jesus is in your life? We're not working to... to we're not working to get our sins forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Now, from, from that day, from the day that you got saved, if you make any mistakes, the blood of Jesus is still good. Amen. But don't use up all your credits. Don't use up all your credit. Oh, grace is sufficient for me. I can do whatever I want to do, think whatever I want to think, act how I want to act, treat my brothers and sisters any old kind of way, disrespect bishop. But see, you're going to stop this foolishness with me because I'm understanding what you're doing. You just want folk to see you with me. Stop this foolishness. I'm not, that's not me. You got the wrong bishop. You need to go find you another one. You got some folk out there that love that kind of stuff. I, just, I, I, wanna, I want to click with me. I want everybody to see you with me. Get away. Stop that, especially if it's coming like that. Because I love everybody, but stop it. Because, see, you're going to make me, oh, Jesus, hallelujah. You're going to make the God of the Old Testament come up. Lord, that can't be bishop. Oh, yeah, it's me. You, 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 it's been cloaked. You need to stop now. Until Jesus came, Leviticus 23, on those scrolls with just words, foreshadow and foretaste. When Jesus came, he fulfilled the first four feasts, which are in the spring. What are the first four feasts? You got Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost. I got something to show you. I got something to show you. And then we're going to have a testimony. We're going to take up the offering, and we're going home. Amen. This is serious. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But that devil comes every minute. Amen. He comes every minute. And I have to be ready. I have to be ready. Because he comes. What is he saying? You, I'm not going to allow you to enjoy what Jesus has done. Amen. And I have to let him know every minute, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Great is he that's within me than he that is in this world. Amen. God has empowered me through the Holy Spirit, and I got power over you. Because Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power to tread on scorpions, serpents, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I got power. I got Old Testament power. The Feast of Passover. 
Now, for the Jewish people, they remember the exodus from Egypt and God's deliverance of the Jews from the centuries of slavery. Do you know the Jews, those that don't believe in Jesus Christ, are still waiting on the Messiah to come? They do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the deliverer. For Christians, Passover is a reminder that we were once lost sinners, but now we are saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, redeemed from the curse of the law, placed back in fellowship with God the Father. Then there's unleavened bread. Anytime you see the word leaven in the Bible, it is speaking of sin. So Christ became sin for us who knew no sin, and this is why he told them to eat unleavened bread. Okay, because anytime you see leaven in the Bible, it is talking about sin. But guess what? Jesus Christ has taken away our sin. Anytime you see the word yeast in the Bible, it is talking about sin. Okay, so somebody say this with me. So Jesus Christ took away, Jesus took, away. From, took from, he bore, he bore. My, sins, my sins, my griefs, my, griefs. my sorrows. Say, I got to stop taking them them upon myself. myself. There's the feast of first fruits. I want you to hear me real good. This is where the Israelites present a sheaf of the first fruits of their harvest. But for Christians, it is a reminder that everything we have comes from God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Then there's Pentecost. And I need you to understand something. Jesus Christ has already fulfilled the Sabbath. He has already fulfilled Passover. He is the Passover lamb that God was always talking about. He, he's it. That's it. He's it. Amen? He has fulfilled Pentecost, okay? And for the, for the Jewish people, after seven Sabbaths, they were to number 50 days and then offer a new meat offering unto the Lord, okay? It's a release of God's double blessing to them. It is a Sabbath of Sabbaths, celebrating the Lord giving the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. But for Christians, it is a celebration of when the Holy Spirit first fell upon the 120 that was in the upper room 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit can now dwell in all believers who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say this again. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, that is your first and foremost. That's what you need to be going after. You need to seek God for the Holy Ghost. And what is the Holy Ghost? It's the Spirit of God. You want to seek him till he come upon you and you begin to speak in a new language. And I don't care if you got to get on your living room flow. I don't care if you got to get on your den flow and seek the Lord. I don't care if you got to call on his name and seek him and ask him, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, fill me with the Holy Ghost. I've accepted Jesus Christ as the Passover lamb. Now I'm waiting on the Pentecost in my life. I need a Pentecost in my life. You need to cry out to God. The Bible says you have to ask the Father in Jesus' name for the Holy Ghost. Amen. You need the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's the empowerment. And we can sit here and play all we want, but that is the quickening power that's going to get you out the grave. 
Oh, I don't want to hear you boo-hoo like you're down in Hoosville. <laughs> boo-hoo. And don't, don't come to me talking about what happened to your relatives. You be, they better have the Holy Ghost. That's probably why God got me on 411 South Broad Street, because they don't want to hear me. Everybody be falling out. Ah! What if they didn't have the Holy Ghost? I don't know. I know what the words say. You better have it. You better get the Holy Ghost. You better get it. You got small children living in the home, do like I used to do. We, I used to put pallets on the floor in the living room, used to pray, invite the blood of Jesus in for sin, let Jesus know you are a lamb, and then have them calling on Jesus, tearing Jesus, 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 Jesus. Let me tell you, we're living in serious times. Yeah. I got something to show you. Amen? Yeah. Somebody said we need to get the Holy Ghost. Like the Bible says. So now, those feasts are fulfilled. Say that with me. Say the Sabbath, the Sabbath Passover, Passover, unleavened bread, unleavened bread feast of, of, of fruits, fruit. No, wait a minute. No, I want first fruits. That's right. First fruits, Pentecost is fulfilled. Say it's fulfilled. Say it's no more shadow. Say it's reality. And it's open to everybody. See, when I got the Holy Ghost, after, I went and told my brothers, my sisters, I told, we, my mom, we told everybody. People don't do that no more. People don't do that no more. They don't go tell their family, look, you need the Holy Ghost. This is serious. They're going to need it, and you can sit there and be pious all you want. I'm going to say it again. The God of the Old Testament is the God Jesus Christ of the New Testament. Somebody said they're going to need the Holy Ghost. Now listen at this real good. Listen at this. So now we're going to enter into Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Wait a minute now. And we're going we're gonna to talk about this one today real quick won't take up much of your time and the feast of tabernacles none of those have been fulfilled so you mean to tell me church you don't believe Jesus coming back he, he doesn't start anything and he don't finish it that's in the Bible he doesn't start anything and he doesn't finish it he will be back to finish and fulfill Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and tabernacles. Can I tell you what that is? The Feast of Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. It is also called the Feast of Trumpets. That means this afternoon they're going to start blowing those shofars. And they're going to blow them. They say they do a hundred blasts. It, it's a wake-up call. It says, wake up! A new year is going to begin. But listen at this. Listen at this. For the Jewish people, it celebrates the beginning of the Jew Jewish New Year. 
It is both a time of rejoicing as well as reflection and self-evaluation. It is the day of blowing of the trumpets to signal the beginning of that new year. But for Christians, but for Christians, it's a reminder to be prepared for the rapture. Deep in it. I said, Lord, wait a minute. We don't, they don't even know this. They just think, oh, you know, Pastor, that time of Rosh Hashanah, I get, no, no, no. It's what it means to us. Yes. See, when you follow the trumpets in the Bible, it speaks of the rapture. It speaks of the change that's going to take place. You know what the Bible says? At the last trump. Uh, that's what I said. And we, we just living lackadaisically like, but every year when Rosh Hashanah comes around, first thing on our mind ought to be, Lord, I do need to do some self-evaluation. I do need to repent. I need to be ready for the rapture. And the Bible says it's going to happen so quick in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. And the last trump going to blow. And the dead in Christ going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. This is not a funeral message. We preach it at funerals, but it's not for that. I mean, well, you can use it at that. I'm sorry. I get excited. You can use that scripture at funerals, but it is not just a funeral message. It is an everyday life message. Because if you don't know to be listening for that trump, and I mean, I don't care how much, how much longer you live. Amen. You ought to have a spiritual ear to know that trumpet is going to sound. Yeah. And the Bible says God is the one that's going to blow it. Amen. And everybody that hears it, that, that has spiritual ears, they're going to be caught up. Amen. Or they're going to come up out the grave. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. See, this, this is a serious walk we on. Can, can we go further? Amen. All right, Pastor Yom Kippur. Listen at this real good. For the Jewish people, it is the holiest day of the Jewish year. High priests would enter the holies of holies to offer a sacrifice for the sins of Israel. For Christians, it is a time to celebrate Jesus Christ as our sacrifice, allowing us to personally be able to go before God. Somebody say, no blood. You can't go before God. That's why a lot of people are not getting their prayers answered. And they crying and saying, oh, oh, no, let's get, uh-oh, there it is. Let's go down there to them sanctified folk. Really, it's for everybody. Because they can get a prayer through. You can get a prayer through if you would do what we're doing according to the scripture. But see, when they come in them doors, they're going to hear the word, Amen. whether you like it or not. Amen. You scared. But they come through them doors, I'm going to preach the word of God because I have been commanded to preach the word. Amen. The whole counsel of God. And people are not being told this. So people are having some problems, and they're blaming God. People are dying untimely deaths, and they're blaming God. People going through some things, and they blaming God. Well, 
when God said, I give you power. I'll empower you to handle it. I will empower you to handle it. Oh, my. So we should celebrate Yom Kippur. I don't care what the naysayers say. We should live a repentant life. There's no such thing as you haven't done any wrong. There's, I, even, I got sense enough to know that. There's no such thing I haven't done any wrong. I could have did whatever wrong. I don't know. So I'm going to be a repentant person. And the Bible gives me that right. He says, basically, the Bible says, if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. And we can ask him to forgive us. Matter of fact, before I go in God's presence, I'm going to repent. I'm going to let him know that I understand that Jesus is my lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. So God the Father, I'm coming before you through the name of Jesus Christ and by his blood. I want you to know that I decree and declare today, Jesus Christ is my lamb of God for all my sins. He calling it in. He said, I'm calling them in. Yes, I'm calling Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. No, just like we were saying, 39 books in the Old Testament, and they all speak of Jesus Christ. Every last one of them. Nathaniel said, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets spoke of. So you know him if you study that Old and New Testament. Wait a minute, you know him if you take the word in here seriously. Amen. Amen. Now Jesus Christ is giving complete expression to the divine nature. He makes it alive. He makes it alive. He makes the Sabbath alive. We're not talking about no seven-day worshipers. We're talking about the eight-day Sabbath. The day when Jesus got up out the grave, that's the Sabbath we celebrate. The Sabbath where we don't have to beg God no more. The Sabbath where we are, praise God, resting in the fact that our sins are forgiven. We have a Sabbath rest. I don't have to work to be saved. I don't have to toil to get God to love me. Hello, I don't have to toil to, to please God. No, honey, when he see me or see you, he see the blood. Passover is alive. It's fulfilled. The Bible says, and Christ has became our Passover lamb. It's alive to us. Unleavened bread is alive to us. Why? Because leaven means sin, and God was our sin bearer. Remember the scapegoat? He took our sin away. Thank you, Lord. He's our first fruit. He's the first one to get up out that grave. He made it alive. He made Pentecost alive. Thank you, Lord. By sending the Holy Spirit. Somebody say he's alive. He's given complete expression to the Old Testament writings. Listen at this. This just blessed my soul. Then there's the Feast of Tabernacles. And that's going to come up. 
It'll either begin September or October, the 15th of the month until the 21st. And for the Jewish people, it recalls 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, living in tents and worshiping in a portable tabernacle. Temporary boots are constructed to remind Israel of the wilderness wandering. For Christians, it is a reflection. Now listen at this. Oh, we don't, we don't need to know about the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah, you do. For Christians, it is a reflection of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the millennium reign. The 1,000-year reign. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Somebody say, that hadn't happened yet. That hadn't happened yet. Thank you, Jesus. Can I say something? The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, the key is this. The first three feasts prepare us for the last three. I want you to get this, all you who are scared to talk to your folk. Don't ever say, I never talk. Oh, yeah, I talk to my folk. I talk to, and I talk to them real good. Real good. And I don't have to wait till you're standing there. I do it when, God, when I see you. So when trouble arises and, and things happen, the only thing I can do, it hurts me. I shed a tear, but then I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in this place of God. I minister to them. I cried loud and I spared not. I blew the trumpet of the word and they wouldn't hear. So. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost prepares you for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Tabernacles. Think about how many people don't even know about this, which means they're unprepared. You're not going into, I'm not you, baby, but they're not going into the Millennium Kingdom without the first three. See, that's why when they say, they're going anyway. I don't know where you got that from. No, they're not. No, they're not. Because if ain't no blood on the heart. Oh, my God, wait a minute. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. No, don't boo-hoo. Go on, turn on the hoo-bill, because not today. Not today, I'm sorry. If your relative passed and they wasn't saved, then you need to get busy for the rest that are alive. Amen. Well, amen. Passover is the blood. Unleavened means my sins are taken away. First fruits means the empowerment to get up out the grave. So if, if, if they didn't get the first three or they don't know anything about the first three, how are you going to get ready for the trumpet, the rapture, The millennium kingdom of Christ. And yes, Lord, my sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Can you, can you see that? And you know what? That's sad, though. I, I, I really feel, I said, well, I guess they don't love their relatives. <laughs> I guess they don't care about them. I'm, being, I'm talking to you. I'm just talking now because I need somebody to talk to. That's the way I be feeling when I look around me. I said, well, I guess they don't love them. They don't care. Or maybe 
maybe, just maybe, like the Grinch said, maybe, I don't even know why that's coming. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, when they tell them, they don't want to hear it. Could that be it? This is serious. The Christian walk is serious. So if anybody invites you to this ministry, believe me, God is a serious God. The Christian walk is serious. This ain't no joke. This is nothing to be played with. Because it, 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 wait a minute. The Christian walk establishes your future. Shine for me, Anna. Somebody say the last three feasts feasts have not not been fulfilled. fulfilled. Let me tell you what they believe. Can I tell you what they believe? You see, the first four are in the spring of the year. But the last three are in the fall. So they really believe that during the fall of the year is when the rapture could take place. I've, all, I've shared this over and over, and I'm getting ready to go home. You ain't got to worry. You ain't got to worry about me. I've often said this. During the summer, this is because God gave this to me. When it's, when it's a heated summer, get ready for folk to act crazy. Amen. Baby, you have a wild thing's going to be going. Say, wild thing's going to be going on. That's the way God gave it to me. He said, anytime, Anna. You see a heated summer, and the temperature is 109, 110. He said, get ready, because folk going to act crazy. It's going to be some wild stuff going on. And it hasn't not happened yet. But as soon as fall comes in, if you just check the atmosphere, everything begins to calm down. And people began to gather and feast. Well, see, in the winter, whatever you've sown, you know, out there in that summer, those seeds lay dormant until the spring. And then they come up in the spring. They They come up in the spring. We are not claiming to be Jews. We are not claiming to be the lost Jewish tribe either. The Bible says, and ye, and if, if, and if ye be Christ, Galatians, then are you Abraham's seed. Oh my goodness. The Bible says Jesus came to connect Jews and Gentiles together break down the middle wall so these feasts are for us just not in that same manner as they celebrate them you see as a christian you celebrate the feast as being fulfilled the first four and you are awaiting christ to fulfill the last three 
But be mindful, it's going to take the first three to get you in the last three. See, we're not, we're not telling people this. We're not, we're not telling people. And oh, we come, and, and I don't, you know, I'm going to share this with you. I don't know who this is. I really don't. But I had a vision. Now, my daughter told me a dream, and I will not give that dream, but I, I'm going to just share this. Something strange happened, and I'm, I'm watching it, but I'm just sharing. So we just all going to watch it. Is that all right? We're going to watch it together. I heard the voice of the Lord say, and I was standing out there on the grounds, and there was a um, hearse out there. Is that what you, they, right? The hearse. And they were putting the casket in the hearse. And I heard the Lord say, there's going to be a homecoming. I said, okay. He says, but you tell them it won't be, it didn't happen because of this, 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 or this. It's because I'm going to bring them home. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I'm just sharing. I'm just sharing. God is about to take somebody home, but it's his doing. So don't, don't account, and it's not anything that has already happened. This is something fresh. This is something new. I'm just sharing. Just sharing. I figured if I'm going to watch, you can watch too. And I felt pretty good because God said he was doing it. I felt pretty good because he said it was a home coming. So that lets me know it's a Christian. Amen. It's not a sinner. That makes a whole lot of difference. So I don't know. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know? I tell, I tell my brother all the time, not this brother. My other, we got another brother. And I tell him all the time, I say, you know I'm going to get up and tell the truth, don't you? I'm not going to get up there and say, you went to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell him, Israel. I'm not going to get up there and say, you went to heaven. I'm talking about the other brother, not brother. I am not talking about brother Israel Allison Sr., I said, I'm not going to say that. I said, you need to come to church and hear the word. You here today. Just go and preach now. You're going to do it anyway. <laughs> I said, it's different. Yes, I can preach in the house to you. I said, but there's a collective anointing in the house of God. Amen. No, y'all get up there and lie. Oh, they went to, they, they at the pearly gates and they standing, they, had, they in heaven. Okay. Okay. Okay, so then God is not God. And, and the God of the Old Testament is not the God of the New Testament, Jesus Christ. So his word, his, his word is not true. They better repent. I said they better repent Amen. and they better get Jesus. Amen. So the first three feasts prepares us for the last three. So we are students of both the Old and New Testament. Everybody going to need the eight-day Sabbath rest, not working for your salvation and peace with God that only comes through Jesus Christ. Everybody going to need a Passover, the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of our sins. Everybody going to need unleavened bread. It's where our sins are taken away. 
Everybody going to need a first fruits experience. That's where the resurrection power of Jesus, uh uh-oh, to raise us from the grave. Did y'all hear me? Now I know why, ooh, I I just heard that. Now I see why people be falling out and crying. Maybe they don't know this is what they're crying about. Because where is that resurrection power? Where is it? You're gonna need it. You're gonna need it. We're gonna need it. We're gonna need it. Because Jesus said, everybody that goes to sleep in me, in me. He said, when the trumpet blow, that spiritual ear, you know, Job wrote this, and it's in there. Job said, though my flesh will have been eaten by worms, and I have turned back, it's in there, turned back to the soil, the dust of the earth, yet shall my eyes behold him. That thing is beautiful. I say, what? He talking about his spiritual eye. There's another you. You're not just this flesh and bone. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And that's what Jesus comes to live in is your spirit, your renewed spirit. After you repent, after you give him your life, he lives there. He lives there to do what? To direct us, to tell us to do this and don't do that. Go here and don't go there. Say this and don't say that. It's serious here. And we just all... Skipping around, child, we went to church. Oh, we had a good time. I got to stand out in the parking lot and talk to so-and-so. Really? That's what you got out of it? Because you could talk to so-and-so. Where the scripture, where the word? You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And Jesus comes to save us. He renews the spirit. When you go through the sinner's prayer, he's renewing the spirit. And at that time, at that time, he cleans up that spirit so he can come in and occupy that space. And he doesn't leave. So even when I sleep in the grave, that presence of the Holy Ghost power is there. It's healing time, Anna. It's healing time. Too many people going to sleep without that power, without that blood. And that's why even the Bible said this, baby, it's in Revelation. I can prove it. It says when the first trumpet blow, there are a group of people that will not get up. They're not getting up because they didn't follow the order. They didn't follow the order. They didn't follow the order. And I'm old. I say, keep shining, keep shining, keep shining, keep shining. And then you might say, I heard you. I don't, I don't, I, what I need it for, I'm not finna go nowhere. Baby, you need it just to live here. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You need Passover. You need unleavened bread. You need first fruits. You need Pentecost. Just to live here. Yes. Yes, 
Yes, Lord, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you, Lord. That Pentecost power, it is, it is the Holy Spirit of God to keep us, lead us, and give us resurrection power. Now, what I find, and I'm getting ready to close, what I find very, very kind of strange sometimes is men. I want to talk to the men today. Sometimes men are a little bit, you know, rough to get through to. And they kind of like their privacy, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, men, get your privacy, and you better start calling on the name of Jesus. And what you're going for is power from on high. And don't start calling him and asking him to fill you until you acknowledge his blood for the forgiveness of all your sins. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, if you got to go in the closet, if you got to go out in the shed, if you got to shut your door when you get home and, st and just take the phone off the hook, cut the TV off, and say, uh, on such and such a day, I am going to call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to seek the Lord for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the word of God tells us that the only way to receive the Holy Spirit is you have to ask the Father in Jesus' name. I'm going to talk to the men. You, you need to get in that place where you can call on Jesus until you, till you are filled with power from on high. Because me, myself, no, I was not filled. I tarried, I tarried at, at, at an altar, a holy altar, but that's not where God filled me. He literally filled me in a bowling alley. But what happened was I so wanted the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say it again. I had, I had got, I had went through the prayer of repentance. I had, had, had accepted Jesus Christ as my Lamb of God for the forgiveness of all my sins. But then I began to seek him for the Holy Ghost. And I so wanted the Holy Ghost until I shut in one time a whole summer. You said, what does that mean? That means I went to work, I came home, I fixed dinner, I saw about my children, I saw about my husband. And then when that was over, I went in that room and started seeking the Lord. So basically what happened was in my seeking the Lord, he began to give me dreams of him filling me with the Holy Spirit. So that, that particular month, my husband, he, he used to bowl. He used to bowl, and I would go to the tournaments with him. He was a good bowler. And so this particular night, he asked me to go. And see, that's why you got to know the order. I didn't jump up and say, I can't go to no bowling alley because I'm seeking the Lord. No, that's not what the Bible says. It says for me to respect my husband, humble myself, and be the wife. So I told him, I said, sure, I will go. And I went. And I sat in the, in the, in the, in the chair while they were up with the bowling uh, team. And lo and behold, what do you think God does? Now, see, God doesn't have no boundaries. He came upon me in the bowling alley. What does that mean? I began to sense the presence of God. Why did I sense the presence of God? Because I had been seeking him. Yeah. I need you to hear that. I had been seeking him, men. So he has no boundaries. There's no wall that he won't come through. So he came upon me. And lo and behold, he spoke to me in a quiet voice. My husband didn't even know. Because God don't do. God is, is a gentleman. And he told me, he says, I want you to get up and go in the bathroom. So I eased my way up. They were still bowling, didn't disturb nobody. And I went in the women's bathroom, and I began to just wash my hand like I was doing something, you know. But it got stronger. I said, oh, my God, it's like I'm going to pass out. He said, now I want you to go outside. 
So I stepped outside. I just, you know, you know, and if my husband had came out there, I, I already had an answer. I'm just getting a little fresh air. You know, you do things in decent and in order. See, we, we act like there's no order. You act like I don't teach you no order, or I don't act like I have order in my life. Yes, you do. You did it for me. Yes, you do. I was not disrespectful to my husband. Amen. I don't care what nobody say. I was not disrespectful to my husband. At home, I was his wife. So I stepped outside, and when I stepped outside, I didn't know. The Holy Ghost said, I want you to look up. So when I looked up, he already owned me. I saw a cross on top of a church. And when I saw that, it caught my mind up. And before I knew it, I was speaking in another language at the bowling alley. But it's, it's prior to me seeking him. It didn't just happen. I, 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 I created an atmosphere for God through seeking him. Oh, Jesus. So now I got the Holy Ghost at the bowling alley. So man, I had myself a good time outside, and I knew they were about to wrap it up, so I hurried up and got in there and sit in that chair like nothing had happened. <laughs> yes, darling, you bowled a good game. I love you. Give me a kiss. Let's go get some dinner. <laughs> All with the Holy Ghost, because that's order. <coughs> I said, that's order. Yes, but oh, Lord, when we got to church on Sunday, and my husband was a deacon, Oh, Jesus. And I was sitting in the deaconess, you know, they have deaconess mm -hmm. corners. Yeah. The deacons sit one place and the deaconess sit behind them somehow. And what did they start singing? Because, see, everything changes when you get the Holy Ghost. The songs sound better. The words sound better. It's, you become alive. You become alive. You become alive. You become alive. It's like you're hearing it for the first time. And, Lord, them people, them people went to singing. And oh my, my, I couldn't hold it. And I started speaking in that unknown language. I started throwing my hand up. And they started saying, you got to take her out of here. You got to take her out of here. It's a healing in here. Yes, Lord, I hear you. I hear you. He shine for me. He said, I want you to shine for me. Yes, sir. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So anyway, they took me out, and I told them, I said, please go get my mom. Because she, she, you know, I had, definitely I had called her and told her I had been, um, my experiences that I had been having. So they went and got my mom, and she sat back there with me, and they were fanning me, and I was just speaking, just like I was just speaking, and I was just praising the Lord and praising the Lord and speaking and speaking. And so after that day, I knew then I couldn't stay there. I couldn't. I love everybody. But if I had to stay there where every time God wanted to move on me, they were going to take me in the back. No, you got to be in a place where God can be free. So my mom got invited to this Pentecostal church, and she asked me, did I want to go? And Lord, have mercy. You know the song where it says, uh, I'm going to be in a place where nobody will put me out. Because, see, they, they had the Holy Ghost too. So it didn't matter, you know. Amen. And there I got my, my holy dance. 
God gave me my, because see, if God is not free, if, you, if you're always going to bind him up, see, there's a growth that comes with you letting him have his way in you. That's why I ain't studying nobody. Y'all can sit up in here and be cute. Uh, that's Bishop. She just loud. Okay, fast. Bishop growing too. Bishop growing too. What did Timothy, what did Paul tell Timothy? Stir up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stir up the gift that's in you. Stir it up. Let it be stirred up. yourself because you're missing a part of the blessing that you need you know you got the Holy Ghost he just sitting there holding <laughs> I know y'all don't believe Il, Il, brother Israel Allison senior got the Holy Ghost and he's speaking them tongues oh don't give me that I feel you leave me alone How people gonna know if you don't let God, wait a minute. How people gonna know if you don't allow God to express himself through you? Amen. He said, I need your hands, your mouth, your legs. All right, my Jesus, God. I see you. I see you, Anna. I see you. I see you. I see you. Yes, <laughs> he said, I see you. Every one of my children, when they were born, I laid hands on them and anointed them. I didn't wait to take them to the preacher. They did go to the preacher, but I, because I had the Holy Ghost. I knew the word. I anointed them with all. I prayed over them. I spoke God's word over them at that time. Then we went and had the Christian. Keep it in order. Keep it in order. Give them an atmosphere. Men. It's time. Women too, but I'm just saying, men, it's time. Give God an atmosphere. You want it? Give him an atmosphere. And don't seek him. Don't be man-man now. You know, if he ain't came in 20 minutes, y'all ready. <laughs> don't be like that. Don't do that. Look at him, like, cause he know, he know, I know. Man-man, I mean, if it ain't 20 minutes, we gone. Y'all gone. Oh, you take it too long now. No, give him some time. He want to spend some time with you. You his man. He created you. Give him an atmosphere and watch what God going to do. Give him an atmosphere. And then when you get in here, just like Brother Davis did, man, I don't know what happened that morning, but he, 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 what did he, he even said it. He said, no, 
He said, I'm going to praise God after what he's done for me this morning. He said, because the devil, I know a little bit of it. He said, because the devil tried to stop us from coming here. And man, he, he, he gave it to God. He gave it to God. I know a gentleman, and I'm hoping next year we I hope I can go we can go see him uh because of an occasion that's coming up. But I know a young man. Uh, he, his mom and his grandmother were full of the Holy Spirit. And um, I think they had started a ministry or something, and now um, he's in ministry. And, and it's so, it tickles me because he's in a Methodist church and full of the Holy Ghost, and he don't play. He don't play. He don't play. He tells them about the power of God. He tells them about Jesus Christ. He tells them about the blood of Jesus. Mm. And no, it's not somebody I know. <laughs> Y'all so silly. <laughs> it's somebody my other, not this sister, but somebody my other sister knows. And uh, he's, he's a gentleman. He's in ministry, him and his family. And he has the Holy Spirit. And he, he reminds me of Timothy because he talks of his mother and his grandmother. And that's what Paul told Timothy. He said, don't forget the gift that was l given to you by the laying on of hands. And don't forget about the gift that was in your mother and your grandmother that's in you, Timothy. Stir it up. Stir it up. So create an atmosphere. You can do it. The blood forgives you of anything, everything. I don't care what the naysayers been saying. I really don't. You got the right one. Because I don't care. I know what the words say. Create an atmosphere. 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 And watch, see, see what God is going to do. And give him some time. Don't rush him. Mm. See what he's going to do. See what he's going to do. Okay. Don't rush him. Don't be ashamed to fall on your knees. Don't be ashamed to sit in your man chair and talk to Jesus. Tell him, say, all right, we didn't have dinner. I done talked to y'all. I done kissed the wife. Y'all done, done kissed the church. It's God and me now. Create atmosphere. See what he do. It's time, men. And the church say. Amen. And the church say. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word.